This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, June the 1st, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you here on Daybreak. Three times per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we fire this up as a part of the Built by Bama online podcast, which if you haven't already, we would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the Built by Bama online podcast, maybe leaving us a rating and or a review while you're there. That would be greatly appreciated as well. That's right. It is June the 1st. That signals what is expected to be a continued ramp up towards a 2020 college football season. We'll get into some more of that later in the podcast as we give you an overview of some newcomers, because that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing a lot of the signees from the 2020 class that weren't going to be a part of spring drills. Uh, Had there been spring drills as early enrollees, they come together now with the rest of the football team and start trying to get ready for those organized activities around the SEC starting on June the 8th. So we'll talk about some newcomers, whether they're early enrollees, whether they're summer enrollees, whose help will be needed immediately in all likelihood. We got a number of candidates for that designation coming up a little bit later in the podcast. Hope you had a good weekend, as good as you possibly could, given the surreal images coming from around our country. Look, I'm not going to get preachy about the situation. Sports is what we do here. I understand that. You're here for that. I get it. And we've all got our own personal beliefs, and the ability to think freely and share our thoughts with others is a big part of what has always made this country great. For me, the question will always be, do my actions match up with my words? Speaking for myself, I know I can be better and offer more to my fellow brother and sister, regardless of background. And really, it takes me back to the importance of sports in our lives, especially where a game like football is concerned. Growing up playing football, more so than probably any other activity or sport I participated in, It brought together kids from every type of background, racially, socioeconomically, you name it. We were all in it together, though, at the end of the day. And again, been a part of a number of teams in my life. And thinking back, never really saw color in my teammates or the kids I even coached later on. It was always about us and nothing else. On a more positive note, we did have the SpaceX launch on Saturday, kind of filled the void over the weekend of the little in the way of sports coverage that we have had in terms of live events. I know you've got NASCAR still up and running and ongoing and kind of had a retro feel the launch did. Just a couple of astronauts in a rocket doing 7,000 miles per hour into outer space. And look, we really needed that launch to come off without a hitch and other than the postponement due to weather midweek last week 
That was the case on Saturday down at Cape Canaveral, thankfully. You also had the iconic one, Joe Namath, turning 77 yesterday. Did that on Sunday. Joe Willie Namath, iconic figure. When you bring together football and pop culture in general, there's kind of Joe Willie Namath, right? Broadway Joe and then everyone else. Happy birthday. Happy 77th to Joe Namath. Some interesting items on the basketball front from over the weekend. You may have seen that Andrew Nimhart, really good guard for the Florida Gators, well, he had put himself into the NBA draft process. And so most of the concern, I think, from the UF fan base was that he might go ahead and make the decision to jump to the pros. Well, Nimhart, the good news for Florida fans was that Nimhart did not make the jump or cast his lot entirely to professional basketball. But what he did announce is that he is transferring from the University of Florida. So a considerable note there to consider on the SEC men's basketball front with Andrew Nimhart announcing that he will be moving on from the University of Florida. Meanwhile, at Alabama, still waiting word from both Herbert Jones and John Petty, at least on an official basis. The long-held assumption has been that Herbert Jones will return for his senior season. More up in the air where John Petty is concerned. And, you know, you had the deadline for underclassmen to withdraw from the NBA draft uh, postponed from the previous date of what would have been Wednesday of this week. It was June 3rd before the pandemic and the suspension of the the 2019-2020 NBA season. So that's been moved to an indefinite status. So we wait. We continue to wait on some of these other guys and making their final determinations on what they plan to do with their upcoming basketball seasons. And who knows, because when this time frame is going to present itself exactly, because there's talk of the NBA season resuming, but it could be as perhaps as late as July 31st before that happens. So still a lot to figure out on that front. All right, coming up next on a Monday edition of Daybreak on the Built by Bama online podcast, we're going to outline some newcomers to the Crimson Tide football program, whose help in all likelihood will be needed very early on in the 2020 college football season. We'll do that and more when Daybreak returns right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so let's get into it on a Monday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Let's go around this 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide football team and look at some specific areas where now that you have the summer enrollees joining the early enrollees from back in January and the veterans that you bring back on this Alabama football team, you sort of are starting to see now or you will begin to see exactly what Nick Saban and his staff have to work with from a personnel standpoint for the upcoming season. And I think it's important to note that while the early enrollees didn't get the benefit of 15 spring practices, those guys did get the winter workout program. 
leading up to spring practice. And so they were orientated with the change from Scott Cochran in strength and conditioning to David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray. And so I think that's important. I think that still gives them a little bit of a leg up over these summer enrollees. But we're going to talk about a mix of both early enrollees and summer enrollees that I think have a chance to impact situations across the roster, across the football team, on a pretty immediate basis. And with that, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball, although I think that does make a lot of sense given what Alabama must replace over there and also the likelihood of so many newcomers having the opportunity to impact things at just about every level of the defense. And we'll start at outside linebacker because we've talked about it so much here on the Built by Bama online podcast, Charlie Potter, myself, Tim Watts, you've read about it, you've seen our coverage there at BOL, extensive understanding that Alabama has a ton of production to replace in Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings at that spot. Uh, Not much in the way of returning production when you look at Christopher Allen. You consider the potential of King Wakuda there as an edge defender going into his second year in the program. You ask yourself the question of where are the reinforcements going to come from? And I start with Will Anderson, six foot three, 235 pounds or so. Been really adamant about Will Anderson having perhaps the best opportunity of this litany of outside linebacker, edge defender candidates that Alabama has brought in in this 2020 class of having that opportunity of stepping in and making an immediate impact and probably as much as anything else again going back to sort of the physical makeup of Will Anderson he comes in I would think as much as anything ready to play from that standpoint and so when you talk so much about pass rush with these young outside linebackers There's also the very important aspect of can they adequately set an edge early on against the run in their careers? And just looking at tape, really got into the tape of Will Anderson back in December, and then you started to see him continue to climb, actually, in rankings, not only at his position, but also as an overall prospect. Ended up in the 24-7 sports composite rankings as the number 17 overall prospect and the number one weak side defensive end prospect for the 2020 cycle. So, like his physical makeup, like that, He has the ability already because of that to convert speed to power, maybe more so than some of the other young outside linebacker candidates. He's very powerful with his hands. Again, that translates nicely initially to his ability to defend against the run. So, Will Anderson, an obvious start to this list. And by the way, there are going to be some wild cards, as we know. There are going to be those guys, not only at outside linebacker, but other positions that are going to make earlier impacts than maybe anyone else anticipated. And we'll get to some of those candidates a little bit later on here, too. But in keeping with the defensive side of the ball, Ronald Williams, junior college transfer, you don't go JUCO unless you think a guy can come in and make an immediate impact, especially at a place like Alabama. But just simple math and the secondary tells you that between Trayvon Diggs moving on, Shaheem Carter moving on, you've got opportunity there at that corner and star positions. Now, how it'll all play out, I think Ronald Williams and his ability 
and whether or not he can be that guy early on will be a major factor in all that. That's not to discount, by the way, the returning options that Alabama has at corner because there are some second and third year guys that we've talked about extensively that are going to be very much in that mix. But again, maturity. Ronald Williams is a guy who entered the junior college ranks as a 160-pound corner. Now he's up to somewhere in the neighborhood of 190 pounds at six foot two. So in terms of measurables and skill set, he should be very much. He's going to be expected to be very much in that conversation at corner and maybe perhaps star. I think if you can get Ronald Williams and Josh Job to kind of take care of business at corner and give you that flexibility with Patrick Sertan the second that you obviously would love to have, then you can do some things finally with Sertan that you weren't able to do a year ago. Wanted to play Sertan inside at the slot corner in 2019. That was the plan for the first couple of games of the season. Didn't work out over the long haul, so you had Shaheem Carter back in that mix at star, and with that, Sertan exclusively working at corner. Perhaps in year three of Patrick Sertan, you'll see him be able to take on more of that versatile role going from corner to also the star position in the nickel and the dime. And so we'll bounce over to the offense now because, again, this is sort of just a gauntlet we're running through here off the top of my head, which is a dangerous exercise in and of itself. Anyway, how about Bryce Young at quarterback? And this isn't to sort of make the case for Bryce Young as a guy who ultimately wins the starting job at Alabama, but just with the move of Talia Tonga-Vailoa to the University of Maryland, certainly from a depth perspective, it brings the importance of Bryce Young to light even more so. And again, it may very well play out that Bryce Young is just too good to keep off the field early on in his career. Mac Jones going into his fourth year in the program with some documented production and some big moments. The feeling is that without the benefit of spring practice and really an extended stretch where you could ramp up to the season, a fair assessment of the pecking order at quarterback would have Mac Jones at the top of the list, but certainly Bryce Young, again, more than capable as a depth provider. And who knows, maybe in some special situations, you get Bryce Young involved very early on in his career. Moving back over to the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about the safety positions for just a second because it is really one of those unusual years in which Alabama does not return at least one starting safety. Just about every year, certainly in the Nick Saban era, you could point to and you had at least one of those starting safeties coming back. That's not going to be the situation, as we know. Jared Maiden now with the San Francisco 49ers. Xavier McKinney up in Gotham as a member of the New York football Giants. That leaves multiple vacancies on the back end of this Alabama defense. Jordan Battle, we've talked about going into his second year in the program absolutely the expectation should be that Jordan Battle is going to be an every down fixture at safety given the amount of opportunities he was provided as a true freshman a year ago more so as a sixth defensive back in the dime package the graduation of Jordan Battle from that role into a starting position should be similar to what we saw from Xavier McKinney a couple of years ago but 
you still need a couple of guys. And with that, you sign two or three players in the 2020 cycle that could fit that bill very early on. Now, you still have to consider veterans like Daniel Wright. I wouldn't discount DeMarco Ellums in year two at the University of Alabama. And again, there are multiple roles that have to be filled by that position. Could be as many as three roles that ultimately are addressed via the safeties. And so once you get beyond battle, and then you talk about Wright and his experience, you talk about Ellums, and you know you project his growth going into his second season, his sophomore campaign. And you look at Wright, and you look at Ellums and you think about guys who have repped at that money position in the dime package, which was handled by Xavier McKinney the last couple of years. And so things start to come together a little bit, but there's no question. There is certainly opportunity there for a guy like Brian Branch. And when you see Brian Branch on tape, you think a couple of things. You think versatility, potential versatility, especially within a defense like Alabama's, and you think playmaking ability. You know, in high school, Brian Branch was a guy who impacted all three phases of the game. He played some wide receiver on offense. He was a safety on defense. He was a return man on kickoffs and punts. So when you watch his tape and you take in the considerable football IQ and the ball skills that are very evident, it's hard for me not to think of a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. And Branch is a physical guy, too. He doesn't mind the, the, the physical aspect of the job. He's a solid tackler. Um, and, again, he's one of those guys when you start breaking out from the safety position and considering some other roles that that kind of player can handle in this defense, you think about the money, but you might think even about the star position with Brian Branch. So that was a guy – that's a guy that I would have at the top of this kind of list, too. Also, Christian Story, probably along with Malachi Moore, a little bit more in that wild card department that we're going to get more into in just a little bit. But Story's versatility and all-around athletic ability is undeniable. You go back to a high school career that, while it was at the small school level in the state of Alabama, uh, put up big numbers as a runner, as a passer at quarterback, He played some running back in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, so he can do a number of things, but safety could very well be where he gets that first look at the University of Alabama. Malachi Moore talked about him in the past. What you like about Malachi is the ball skills, first and foremost. He has that background at corner at the high school level before spending the last season at safety uh, over at Hewitt Trustville High School in the Birmingham area. He's not going to be a guy, in my opinion, at least early on in his career, you're going to see in the box a whole lot. But he can be that middle-of-the-field safety, similar to like an Eddie Jackson that can roam and have that range and make a lot of plays. And again, we don't talk about safety as much at the star position, but he is a guy, because of his background at corner, perhaps he gets a look there as well. So on to some wild card selections here. And again, I think Christian Story and Malachi Moore kind of fit into that. Uh, But I'm going to look at some specific guys at some areas where it could play out any number of ways for the upcoming season. I'm going to start with Timothy Smith. And again, you saw the update, I'm sure, here in the last few days. Hank South with a great update on Timothy Smith, the 
War Daddy defensive lineman from the state of Florida, 6'5", 325 pounds. And you talk about the defensive line position, and you would think, given the considerable experience that guys like Justin Aboigbe and Byron Young and DJ Dale and what they were able to accumulate as true freshmen in 2019, that perhaps it might be a little tight in terms of available reps. You've also got Christian Barmore coming back, LeBron Ray coming back, hopefully going to enter his fourth year in the program with an extended stretch of some good injury fortune for a change. But, you know, Timothy Smith's one of those guys that in today's football, with so much of it being played with five and six defensive backs on the field, he has some of that God-given ability that you can utilize him on an every-down basis perhaps very early on in his career because with his size and some of those natural instincts and talent that he brings to the table, he can hang in against the run on early downs, and then he can also perhaps give you some interior pass rush when you get into second and third and long. If there's a concern with some of the big guys in general because of this pandemic, and you saw this in Hank South's update with Timothy Smith, haven't been able to do as much some of these guys in terms of the weight room. So that will be something to consider early on with not just Timothy Smith, but again, lineman types in general. What type of shape do they show up in? Now, Tim tells Hank he's been going heavy on the cardio, which that's what you want to hear as much as anything if you're talking about big guys. You you can get them in a weight room and kind of get that going pretty quickly. Uh, But if they show up in dire need of a lot of cardio work, that can be hard to catch up. And not just in terms of just playing time early in a season, but the ability to practice at a tempo and a pace at which Alabama goes can become a bit of a problem as well. So hearing from Timothy Smith in that update with Hank South that he's been really focused on the cardio aspect was about as good as you could hope for. All right, so let's talk some wide receiver in relation to perhaps some wild card selections for some newcomers to make immediate impacts during the 2020 season for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, you've got three for Alabama, Tyu Jones-Bell, Trayshawn Holden, and Javon Baker. And what you like about this wide receiver class for UA is that each of these guys brings something a little bit different to the mix. Tyu Jones-Bell, South Floridian, you watch his tape, you see some of the really insane type of footwork and get-off ability that's similar to Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy, all those guys from the Dade and Broward counties before Tyu Jones-Bell. Bell can work from the slot. He can work outside. In terms of size, he's the smallest of the three receivers coming in. You go to Trayshawn Holden. He's a bigger receiver at 6'3". You look at Javon Baker. He's kind of right in the middle. You go 5'11 with Tyu Jones-Bell, 6'1 with Javon Baker, 6'3 with Trayshawn Holden. Now, Holden, uh, it's kind of a continuing a run here of late with Alabama's recent wide receiver commitments of 6'3 wide receivers. We haven't seen as many of those kind of guys of late in the Alabama offense, but You know, Holden is more along the lines of, say, a Seth Williams or a George Pickens. He wins a lot of balls in traffic, and he's better after the catch than you would think at 6'3". You hear 6'3", and you think, eh, you know, he's probably going to be a back shoulder guy and, again, more of a 
third down and in red zone target. But he he has that size and those those measurables that allow him to play a lot of different spots and versatility within the the wide receiver positions themselves has become a bigger and bigger thing at the Power 5 level. Javon Baker, I've made the comparison in the past to a Laquan Treadwell, physical receiver. After the catch, he's more likely to run through tackles than make guys miss. Creates a lot of separation with his physical approach, whether it's through hand fighting with opposing defensive backs or just his body in general. So you got some mix there for that depth that you need at the wide receiver position because, as we know, once you get past Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, John Mechie's going to be expected to step forward. Maybe it's a couple of veterans like Tyrell Shavers, Xavier Williams, Slade Bolden, but these three freshmen are all going to have an opportunity to impact. Finally, in the wild card division, I'm going to go back to linebacker, but I'm going to talk about a couple of guys that, because of their athleticism and kind of their body types you could see them early on utilized in some different ways and that's Demoy Kennedy and Drew Sanders and you know Kennedy like Sanders these are guys that produced explosive plays on the offensive side of the ball so you look at Sanders 6'5 225 230 or so that speaks more to the outside linebacker positions you would think but we've seen some of those bigger linebackers work inside in the past. Dante Hightower is a guy that comes to mind in that regard. You can play him inside if you need to, kick him outside in passing situations to get after the quarterback. That's the kind of guy that comes to mind when I think about Drew Sanders, although I do believe initially where you're going to see Drew Sanders in all likelihood is on the perimeter, on the edge there. Delmoy Kennedy, another one of those Guys that you could cross-train between inside linebacker. He has worked outside and worked in space at the high school level. You saw it with Christian Harris, one of these multi-talented, versatile defenders that plays a number of different positions on the high school level, and then you kind of figure it out once you get him to the SEC in a place like Alabama. Uh, Christian Harris is one of those guys. Uh, Ian Jackson, the recent commitment to Alabama, kind of falls in line with that approach as well. So because of their versatility and their ability to play a, a multitude of positions, I'll go with Demoy Kennedy and Drew Sanders as a couple of wild cards as well. And with that, it's a wrap for a Monday edition of Daybreak right here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Once again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would do so. Leave us a rating and or a review while you're there. That would be welcomed as well. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great rest of your Monday. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of the Crimson Tide. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 